This is Ion Health, delving into your overall well-being. With Arab Health. On Dubai Eye 103.8. You are listening to Eye on Health with me, Helen Farmer, here on Dubai Eye 103.8, ahead of Arab Health. And today we are talking about the current investment trends in healthcare transformation at a national level, startup opportunities here in the UAE and how that's going to affect us. Everything from the technology we're going to wear to how we interact with our doctors in the future. In conversation with Sajad Kamal, a health tech partner at Global Ventures. This is a Dubai headquartered venture capital firm with a really strong portfolio in digital health companies. He's been building healthcare technologies for over 14 years. We are speaking to those in the know today about investment trends in healthcare. And Sajid Kamal is the health tech partner at Global Ventures. It's a Dubai headquartered venture capital firm. They've got a really strong portfolio in digital health companies. And he's been building some of those technologies over the last 14 years. Sajid, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I just want to let you know that if you go too techy, uh, I will be pulling you back because I, I really feel like some of these things will be your bread and butter, but I want everyone to be able to understand exactly what we're talking about and some of the implications on us as individuals as well as the, the sector at large. Um, but let's talk trends because, I mean, you don't need me to tell you, but you know, these last two years have been unprecedented to overuse a phrase we've heard time and time again. But what are some of the technology trends that you are noticing amongst startups here in the UAE when it comes to healthcare? I'll try to keep my techiness at bay. Uh, when it comes to technology, I mean, we've gone through a healthcare pandemic, but what has happened in the technology world in the last two years has been phenomenal, right? So some people say that things that would have taken 10 years most likely has happened in two years. So technology has really reshaped how we live, how we work, how we educate ourselves. And this couldn't be more impactful in, in healthcare. But one of the things I've been thinking about, I, I really think this is the decade of healthcare accelerated by the pandemic. Um, in terms of trends, uh, there's incredible shifts that we're seeing, right? I mean, um, I guess the, the first primary one is care at home. Uh, today, people want to get care at home. It's starting with telemedicine. Uh, people are Zooming, they're Zooming with their doctors. But this shift is only going to accelerate, right? People are going to want to text their doctors. They're going to want preemptive care. So, so I guess that's kind of the primary pillar of one of the trends. Care is heading home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're seeing companies such as Valio. Value is one of our portfolio companies. They're delivering testing at home. So today you could be sitting at the comfort of your home and ordering your lab tests and you're going to get a home. So I think that's one of the primary shifts from, from a technology perspective. And then obviously things that are happening in the hospitals. So better collaboration amongst clinicians, communication and coordinating with your care staff. And then I guess the third pillar is really going to be this, this gigantic world of artificial intelligence. What's happening with data in, in healthcare? Healthcare data is doubling every 73 days, I believe. So with all this information, how are you going to make sense of all of this, right? So all of this incredible research that has come out of COVID, how as humans are we going to comprehend all of this? So artificial intelligence is really here to stay and really here to accelerate how we get care. And when we think that, you know, how it applies to us, what I'm hearing is convenience. You know, we're speaking today 
on video conference and everybody's busy right now. Dubai's certainly getting busier when it comes to traffic. Um, so to be able to have that convenience of not blocking out a morning of your time to go to the doctor, sit in a waiting room, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but where does the trust factor come in? You know, how do you feel yourself about speaking to a doctor who perhaps you've never met about personal private health matters or is this a concern for a previous generation and the new lot don't really care i think i think the trust factor is really important right i mean um healthcare is one of those things that when, when somebody holds your hand and says you're going to be okay that effect is way greater than somebody on zoom saying can you hear me all right okay <laughs> so i think that 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 that, that element is, is 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 really important in healthcare. Now, going back to the convenience factor, I think that's it, right? So we're going to live this world of like, uh, if I could coin it, omni-channel healthcare. The trust factor is going to be built because today, um, you know, for example, when, when you want to shop for something, you could, you know, shop at your favorite e-commerce store, but you could also go in person and experiences and, and touch it in, in, in person. So I, I could imagine similar things happening in healthcare where you, you'll be able to build your trust factor with your favorite clinician or with your favorite care team, I would say. So I think what's happening now is we're seeing the patient come in more at the center, right? I mean, we're, we're living in this me generation, right? Everybody's at the center. So you've got this care team that's supporting you along the way. And your trust factor is going to happen because you're going to see your favorite clinician or doctor in person, right? Now, when when you wake up with a, with a sore cough, sore cold, you might be able to text the same clinician or your same care team. So I think it's this combination of, uh, you know, trust being built when it's necessary, mm -hmm. when you require a physical, you are going to walk into the hospital or your, your care team is going to show up at your house. You're going to see that in-person interaction paired with um, paired with the, the digital experience, right? With the omni-channel experience where you want to text a clinician, you're going to be able to uh, these, you know, get that care. These poor doctors are going to be working even harder. But I think <laughs> I think that's a really good point. It's not necessarily an either or. Sometimes it's about the in-person and the digital side working in parallel. And we, we might just see the digital side accelerating. And I think that's a really interesting point you made earlier about the pandemic being a catalyst for many technologies, many innovations that have perhaps been a little bit dormant over the last few years but it takes it takes COVID-19 to suddenly get people into action and, and realize what an opportunity they might have been sitting on. Is there anything that you yourself are particularly excited about some of the companies that you're working with for example? COVID's changed the world right and I don't say this lightly we're, we're, I mean generations are going to look back and, and, and look to see some of the the disruptive innovations that are that are about to take place that are already taking place um, in the world. I mean um, at the onset, I think technologies like AI are going to radically transform the way we live and the, the way we survive um, as well, right? Um, so I think across the board, being able to apply them effectively um, across healthcare. Chain. Now, healthcare traditionally has been, and, 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 and true it, uh, to its own right, where it's been hard to change in healthcare. Because you're you're literally dealing with lives. Mm -hmm. If you and with, with innovation, things could break. You're taking risks. You don't want to take risks with human lives. Now, but, but I think we're 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 erring towards an era where if you don't innovate, we're we're not actually saving lives. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the UAE, for example, 
we've we've got you know quite a bit of like you know chronic conditions that have been on the rise whether it's diabetes cancer i was looking at data like in 2019 42% of deaths in the uae have been like cancer cancer related right so today what i see technology really playing a part is is early detection prevention uh, the, the golden rule in healthcare is prevention is cheaper, better, more effective than cure. So if we can look at technologies that um, can detect early, whether it's early testing, um, AI tools, tools that can look through um, you know, large pools of data and find the needle in the haystack uh, and help clinicians. You made a point that you know, poor doctors, their lives are going to get harder, but I think the technology is hopefully going to make their lives easier. They could spend more time with their family because if they can diagnose faster, if they can treat more patients in, in, in a faster period of time, they're going to be, uh, be able to, you know, hopefully work-life balance better. So I think, you know, technologies like AI are going to, going to help. But I think the, 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 the bigger technology that I'm more passionate about is uh, genomics, right? And, 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 and the human genome is, is what's called the instruction manual or the guidebook for human life. So for us to be able to you know, understand our, our genomic sequence and you know, at birth or pre-birth, we might be able to find out conditions that you know, we're, we're predisposed to and you know, we, could, we could prevent early. I know in the UAE, they're working on the, the Emirates Genome Project. So I think in the future, we're probably gonna be able to detect uh, you know, certain diseases earlier uh, than even birth. So that will change the game. It really will. And then when you think about the opportunities there when it comes to, you know, selection before birth and that's happening now with gender selection. But, you know, obviously going so much deeper when you think about mother and father. What about, and I'm wearing one now, wearable technology? Sajid, do you, you wear a smartwatch or any kind of... Absolutely. Uh... I mean, I don't go anywhere without my Apple Watch. I sleep with it. So I mean, what it can do... Um, I think we're I think we're we're day one when it comes to wearables uh, and where wearables could really go um, today. Now, uh, th- there has been a challenge where your wearables haven't been truly integrated with your clinical system, right? Your when your doctor is diagnosing you, they're looking at their lab results, they're looking at your radiology results, but they're not looking at your Apple Watch readings, mm-hmm. right? And I think the technology is is is, is evolving. Um, I know a lot of people wear the Aura Ring, which is a bit convenient, and the new version that just came up with temperature reading. So if you can see interesting what's happening for COVID, there, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. And I think that was a result of of COVID. So so what we're going to be able to see, and 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 the nice thing about your wearables are they're not episodic, right? So when you go into a lab or when you're going into your nursing station, they're testing you at that point in time, right? And at that point in time, you might be at the best of your situation. Or the worst, so you could be, be having that kind of that white coat, you know, stress uh, level might be up because you are in that medical situation, but they can look at things in context given given the volume of data. Um, can we come back to that um, that data piece, actually, because something that sure. a lot of people have complained about in the past is, I have a doctor here and I have a specialist there mm-hmm. and I have my wearable on, 
but none of this is coming mm. together. And I'm having to email CDs of my, you know, knee scan to this guy. And, you know, she is also, you know, she's my psychotherapist. So how can we put all this together? Is that bubbling under the surface, this kind of one portal, I guess, she said with massive hope because the health admin's doing my head in? I think it's coming. I think integration has traditionally been a challenge, right? Even getting a, an x-ray over to another doctor to get a second opinion has been a challenge. And that's one of the problems I tried to solve in one of my, in my last company's Alum Health, just trying to make it easier to transfer and transmit x-rays. But I think uh, it's happening. Um, at Global Ventures, we get to see incredible entrepreneurs that walk in every day who are solving the different problems in, in, in these healthcare facets, right? Integration, how can you easily share your wearable data? How can clinicians collaborate better with each other? How can surgeons get opinion from other surgeons? So there's an incredible company in a portfolio called Proximy. Uh, Proximy allows surgeons halfway across the world to collaborate and learn from each other inside the operating room, right? So I think, um, Helen, to your point, I think we're just getting started in a couple of years, you're not going to have to worry about your healthcare admin emailing and things. They're, they're hopefully going to subliminally get your data, right? <laughs> so, you know, from your wearables or other devices at home. Sajid, you mentioned earlier that, you know, kind of making change in healthcare can often feel a bit like turning an oil tank around because of that risk factor, because of not wanting to necessarily, you know, push the envelope too much when it comes to innovation because of that risk of, of losing human life, which, of course, is, is hugely understandable. And also there's a huge expense attached to a lot of the ideas we're talking about today. You can have an idea, but to actually trial it, prototype it, you know, what, so can I ask you, and in terms of opportunities, you know, what area of health tech needs the most investment in the UAE to really see some big strides that we can all benefit from? Well, I mean, healthcare is fast. I think any area with even a little bit of change can have big impact. But I think particularly in the UAE, uh, maybe primary care, right? I think um, there's been an incredible rise of large multi-specialty hospitals. Um, I think Cleveland Clinic Abu Dhabi just recently opened their oncology center. So I think we, we have these amazing like centers of excellence and, 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 and large facilities. Uh, in the UA, particularly, my, my, my personal opinion is going to be uh, improvement in primary care, right? So if, if we can, um, it, it, from, from like a referral standpoint, early detection, um, you know, being able to detect early onset of diabetes and course correct has much greater outcomes. So I think just greater innovations in primary care, how do you see your doctor, whether it's community clinics, care at home, right? So whether, whether there's a clinic in your building. So I think, you know, being able to have innovations in, in primary care would, would have greater effects in UAE. Lastly, before I let you go, um, mental health has become a real focus, of course, and World Health Organization saying mental health is going to be the next the next pandemic. Um, and it's become you know, much more open to discuss struggles, burnout, juggling, depression, anxiety, because we've all somewhat been humanized in the workplace over the last couple of years. Are we seeing any areas of innovation or anything that's kind of got you really thinking in that mental health space here in the UAE? My first day when, well, could be a lot more needs to be done for mental health, specifically in the region and, 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 and where we stand. Um, 
And I think this is a really good breeding ground for trying out new innovations in mental health, given the cultural diversity. And mental health is one of those areas that cultural integration is a key element of addressing, uh, you know, very, uh, various mental health issues. And, and there are, you know, various clinical aspects to it as well. I, I really hope it doesn't turn into a pandemic and we can course correct early for mental health. But it's one of those areas, it's one of those like silent tsunamis that kind of like build up and affect work life uh, um, and, and uh, personal lives as well. And it's one of those areas that if affected, it affects productivity, right. right? So it's one of those areas that employers should really look into. So I guess in terms of what needs to be done, I think in UAE, we've got mandatory health insurance and we're seeing um, you know, health insurers look into this space. But I think from both sides, from a provider side, from bigger hospital groups being able to provide um, areas and outlets for addressing mental health, and also from like the payer side, who's going to fund it? Should your employer be covering uh, therapy sessions or providing group counseling or a number of things? So I think from a, th there needs to be incredible uh, improvements done in the process side of it. How do we fund and, and preemptively take care of mental health? And then there's also the element of how do we address it, right? I mean, um, globally, we're all aware of like the, the apps that are available, right? Your Headspace and the Calm them? and the Simple Habits of the World. I do. And my, my favorite one is Simple Habit because I feel like it gives you the right amount of dosage in the shortest amount of time. <laughs> Efficient. Um, so, so Simple Habit was fantastic. But, you know, imagine a more culturally integrated version of like Headspace, Calm, that people could relate to, people could, you know, it, it kind of connects to the expat life or, mm -hmm. or a combination of. So I think there is going to be a big space there. And, and the third piece, I think, in mental health that's probably unpopular is uh, is the wearable component, right? I mean, um, being able to to track your mood and symptoms through, and I am seeing some really interesting, um, you know, pieces of technology come out that might be able to track your mood before you can. So a bit like the mood rings we had in the 1980s, but a souped up tech version. Possibly. <laughs> way more souped up. Sajid, thank you so much for your time today. Really, really appreciate it. Hugely exciting to hear what you and the team have been working on and talking about behind the scenes and wishing you a wonderful day ahead. Thank you very much. Up next, getting thoughts from Andrea Danila. She is a founder and general partner of Global Millennial Capital. They utilize IA and data science in its investment evaluation process, working between here and Silicon Valley. More with Ion Health next on Dubai Eye 103.8.